Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We hope you are enjoying our summer series on surviving summer. I know it's been super helpful to me. I really enjoyed Shasta last week on the friendship, friendimacy. So if you guys have not listened to that episode, we encourage you to go back and listen to it because it was so good. As we've talked about for the last two years, so many of our relationships are in flux and changing all the time, whether people are moving in and out of cities or people's values have changed and you realize you are in a different place or you have to switch your friendships or you just need ways to grow. I thought the way that she really honed in on the three things that we need to build good friendships was so, so helpful. And I'm loving this series. So good. So good. Yes. Bouncing from friendships to the shows you need to watch to how to get through these days and make it to September because that's what we're trying to do. You know what I also realized? I mean, this is no surprise to Ashley that I'm not great at heat. Um, But I just thought to myself, I need to not plan anything during the summer because this is the coolest place to live during the summer in the United States, as almost as north as you can possibly get besides Alaska. And, and I need to just plan wonderful things outside of summer and just stay put during the summer. Yes, that makes for a long summer, but you know what? I can't do it. I can't do it. I have to tell you very, something very funny, actually. My husband and son are going to be in Sacramento next week, and it's 96. And joke's on me because it's going to be 95 here. So there you go, Ashley. <laughs> well, California heat is a different kind of heat, too. So oh, there's girl. zero moisture in the air. So um, they're going to definitely feel that. It feels like you're baking in a hot desert. I mean, that's literally what California is, but that is, it's a very different kind of heat. So I'm going to be thinking about Coco as he's running. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's wild. It's wild. Well, today we are so excited to introduce our guest for today. We are talking all things mental health and staying sane to survive this summer. And I want to introduce a friend who I met through Joe Saxton, who we've had on the pod before, Uh, someone who is passionate about women and leadership and faith and justice. And this is a sweet, sweet human being who was the MC at Joe's Gathering. And we connected there and have just stayed in touch with each other's work and spoke at a conference together. And I'm so excited to have her here on Why Though. Friends, meet therapist Keisha. Keisha, say hello to the people. Hey, friends. So excited to be here and looking forward to all of the conversations and all the ad libs and all the extras. Let's get into it. Mm, Yes. Keisha, for the past (laughs) 20 years, has been serving vulnerable people whose voices are often unheard. She was a child welfare case manager in Florida, Florida, Mm -hmm. advocates for sex traffic survivors and a nonprofit leader. She received her master's in social work from the University of South Florida and continues to bring healing to her community one therapy session at a time. She's been married for 18 years and she is mother to two black boy joys and she is a cancer survivor and an aspiring pasta maker is this what i'm seeing come on yes i went to italy (laughs) i went to italy y'all and i'm just like making pasta every other day so (laughs) like homemade pasta oh yeah you can't go back you can't go back you can't go back you just can't buy that blue box and 
put that in boiling water. It's not going Watch to me. Watch me do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's your favorite pasta so far? Um, I love making tortellini. I love making fettuccine. That's the easiest one. So fettuccine and anything, soups and regular pastas or whatever. Um, and then raviolis. I'm not a big ravioli fan. I don't like stuff. I don't like presents in my food like that. But um, I can make it. Uh, that's so impressive. I'm first of all awesome that you went to Italy. So so into that. Here for that. And well done for learning a very, in my estimation, high, intense, act of pasta creation because that is that falls under the arts and crafts category in my book and so just well done, well done. I love it I feel like I when I watch um, cooking shows and they make pasta it feels like there's something super therapeutic about it mm-hmm. like the kneading of the dough and the, sure. the time that it takes and then the rolling it out in the little thing do you have one of the little the thingamabobbies where you roll it I do I have a long rolling pin Oh man. Um, I'm so, so sorry. Amazing. Did she, you just say thingamabobby for rolling pin? That's the best well, thing that's ever happened to it's me. It's not a rolling pin, but you know, they have the pasta. It's like a, it looks, it's like it's a KitchenAid mixer, but it's like oh. for pasta and you put it through this little thing. And oh, oh yeah, and it no. like attaches to your, and it like attaches I don't have to that. your like okay, countertop, okay, okay. right? Yeah. That's what they use on all the chef shows. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have that. The chef I learned from was like, do not make it that way. That the, the, oh. the sauce, the sauce doesn't stick to the pasta if you make it in the machine that's what he said he's from Look Rome. That. that's not from me but I love it uh, I, I make it by hand mm-hmm. so do you like use scissors to cut it a knife a pizza cutter what are we using here <laughs> use a knife yeah okay for sure, use a knife. Mm-hmm. I love that here I'd be over here with my Annie's macaroni and cheese and a pizza cutter just trying to get creative <laughs> I love it yeah there's definitely like I feel like we all picked up these interesting habits that feel um, a little closer to earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Over absolutely. the last couple of years where you're like, hey, making pasta and the slow roll of that and cooking for right. your family sounds like a really beautiful sort of right. interaction and grounding practice, really. Right. I <laughs> okay, love Ashley, would you say that about um, your caring for your plants, something so holistic and simple and faithful? For sure. Because, girl, you're like a plant lady now. I am. I have visited your previous residences and you were not a plant lady. And now you're like plantlady.co.uk.com.org.net. It's true. I love it. It's amazing. Oh, I love it. Well, as we get into uh, this this episode, Keisha, share over the course of our next 20-ish minutes together, I would love for you to unpack four or five values that we can hold this summer and we're smack dab in the middle and I am feeling it you guys over here I am feeling it it is so would you just speak to the people about what it means to stay sane and grounded um, as we navigate this summer season yeah I would love to and this is a lot of the work I'm doing with my clients too because the summer can be disorienting And so the first thing I would say is try to stick to structure, stick to your routines. Um, And I'm not saying be super rigid and militant about it, but try to go to bed, wake up, eat around the same time each day. The days are longer, you know, school's out, people are on vacation. Even at work, you know, you might be covering um, certain shifts for people that are off. So things just might feel off. 
Um, and so we want to make sure our sleep patterns are um, on schedule. We want to make sure that any summertime anxiety that sometimes creeps, creeps up around this time um, is kind of pushed back by the structure. So kind of hold on to that structure. Don't let everything go on vacation. Um, that would probably be the first tip, I would say. Mm. That's huge. I feel like that's been my number one um, pursuit in recovery mm. because if I don't have some sort of you know rhythm and routine, mm-hmm. I think that my mental health seems to go out the window and I find mm-hmm. myself a lot more pulled by whatever might be happening in the environment. I find myself being more reactionary than I normally would mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. just being able to go with the flow and keep healthy expectations. Like that rhythm is so, so mm-hmm. help- helpful. And even with our kids, our oldest, not all my kids are this way. Um, my middle one is much more go with the flow, but my oldest, he thrives in structure. Mm-hmm. So even if it's just like, hey, we're going to have breakfast at 7 a.m. And then at 8 a.m. you can watch your show. And then at, at 9 a.m. we're going to do this. And at, by, yeah. at noon we're going to do that. Like there's something about keeping that for him too that helps him flourish in the summertime in a way that I don't think I really realized until having kids. And I feel like sometimes they're a reflection of adults. <laughs> like, yeah. like we ignore what we mm-hmm. need and we ignore the things that are important to our basic survival. <laughs> Yeah, but kids can't For do sure. that, you know? They have meltdowns and that crazy. Like, is there some sort of connection there? <laughs> yeah. I also want to circle back to the sleep. This is something so simple, you guys, but it has been a game changer for me. With the sun just rising so early, I think it was five something. I, I checked mm. on my phone this morning that the sun came up. Um, I was so grumpy during the summers because the sun was coming up and my I would naturally just wake up because it was so bright and I couldn't sleep through just a, a lit room in any way, shape or form. It has to be like pitch black for me. And we have blackout curtains and everything and it still lets the sun in like it just drives me insane. And so once I just, you know, got on Amazon $5.95 for a three pack of masks, just eye masks, that was a game changer. And I realized, oh my gosh, I am not, I can't even be like a functioning human being without getting, I mean, eight hours is the goal, obviously, but you know, seven is sufficient, but seven to eight, you know, nine, if I'm feeling Mm -hmm. real good, but I know that sounds so simple, but that little thing of like, okay, the sun is still up or it's going to wake up early. I gotta, I gotta still find a way to have that rhythm of even getting my sleep because I noticed that was just not happening. Yeah. Sleep hygiene is so essential to our mental health. And I don't think we think that, but it is. And so trying to figure out what works for you, what can keep you sleeping longer, what relaxes you, you know, we all know we need to put down our phones 30 minutes ahead of time. But some of the other things, like you said, maybe I need to get a mask. Maybe I need to get blackout curtains. Um, Maybe I need to get music in there. Maybe I need to get a candle in there. Maybe I need to get a humidifier in there. Whatever you can do to bring that sleep um, is so essential to the way our body heals and needs to recover at night mm-hmm. so that we can do the work again in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. So good. And n- neither, th- not a lot of this is like rocket science, but For the sure. rhythms can be so grounding. Like you just said, I think that we wonder why do things feel so out of control? But if we were to go back to think of life-giving rhythms, it would be, it'd be a game changer. Mm-hmm. For sure. What are some others? Yeah. um, And I I think you hit it on the head there, too. It's like the things I have to share are not going to be like, what? I never heard this before. They're going to be reminders. They're going to be things of 
things that you already know that you'd be like, man, I know I should be doing that. So I, I love that you're saying that because I think the conversation is helpful. We need reminders sometimes. We forget. We're forgetful people. And mm-hmm. so the next point really is to stay physically active. Like mm-hmm. we can get into a rhythm too that we you know, summer's out, we can binge our favorite shows and movies. You guys were talking about shows. I listened to that one episode and you guys didn't talk about Abbott Elementary. Did I miss that? <gasps> we didn't, but we mm. have many other times because it's one of my favorite shows oh, on television. She loves it. So, Ashley loves it. Believe me, it pops up on a regular basis. It is I such was a like, show. oh my goodness. I actually have that in my notes. Like they did not say Abbott Elementary in this episode. Oh, what? trust me. Okay. It's been mentioned many times. We love it. <laughs> Well, that's my other mental tip, guys. Okay, so don't binge all the time. But if you do want to binge, one show that's really good is Abbott Elementary. But, um, you know, going outside, getting exposure to natural light just increases our levels of vitamin D and serotonin. And those things are known to boost our mood. So go to the gym. If you don't want to go to the gym, stretch at home, do some yoga, get your body moving. It impacts the way that we feel. It impacts our mood. It releases stress and the tension that we feel and promotes um, really healthy mental functioning. Mm. So what are you guys' thoughts on that one? Ashley's very good at this. I feel like she is one of the people that helped me realize I have to move stress out of my body and that's often through movement and I feel like this is one that she can very much speak to whereas me I feel like I'm late to the party it was you know listen to the myth that you need to exercise to be skinny not you need to exercise for your mental health Mm -hmm. and then I would say in the last year and a half the the greatest effects of just regular movement, I wouldn't even call it exercise, I would just call it movement, um, has been just such an improvement in my mental health. It has been a game changer. That and some ashwagandha together, I'm like ready for the day. But um, So that one, I, I would say yes. And I'm, I also just want to say, listeners, you don't have to be doing all the things. Like, I took a walk around the neighborhood this morning and then I stretch and then if I have some, you know, weights that are under my bed that I just am like, what, what will I actually do that I won't quit? What do I like? Right. Um, what's easy on my knees? Because my knees be bad. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. do what you got to do. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my thoughts on it. Ashley, I'm, I default to you on this. No, it's the same. I agree. It's something we talk about regularly here because, you know, I, I think many women are conditioned to go internal. And that, that's not always true because there is a stigma for women who are a bit more aggressive or struggle with anger or things like that. But I do think that women tend to go internal with their challenges and their stress. And so yeah. it heaps onto their body what they're already feeling, whether it goes into their neck or it goes into their chest or it goes into, you know, comes out in diseases 20 years later in life. I think that, you know, we really do have to push back against that sort of societal conditioning to hold everything inside and to suppress it and push it somewhere. And movement is one of the ways that helps me get that energy out. So if I have a difficult mm-hmm. meeting at work that feels stressful, it's like, you know what, I'm going to get up right now and take a walk instead of just mm-hmm. sitting here and cranking through the work I need to do this afternoon. I need to go for a walk real quick and just mm-hmm. like, you know, release some of that negative energy 
um, so that it doesn't just sit with me and I don't have to let it live in my house and live in my body. <laughs> you know, right. That is really helpful. <laughs> right, right. No, same for me. If I'm having, I do telehealth and I do in person. And if I have a really hard telehealth session, sometimes I will get up in between sessions and try to water my plants. Nowhere close mm. to what I know Ashley got going on at her house, but <laughs> I'm keeping them alive, y'all. Yes. Like, it's a, for you. It's a, the Lord is with us and so I, I fill up the little water container and even that movement that physical mm -hmm. activity of pouring it in and pouring it back down and holding it and turning the pots around like whatever you need to do to get your body moving is really the point yeah it's beautiful absolutely yeah Tisha, how did you get so passionate about helping people like were you did you always have a desire to be a therapist or did that come from somewhere else like how did you get here yeah, I think I always knew. I, well, first I wanted to be an FBI agent because I used to no watch. Uh, yeah, I watched the X Files, and I wanted to be like <laughs> them. And y'all, yeah, then I had a dream Leone. that. <laughs> then I had a dream. <laughs> yes, Scully and Mulder. I think their names were. Yeah, big fans. And so I had a dream that people were shooting at me, like the mm. quote unquote you know, aliens or whatever. <laughs> and I was hiding underneath the car. And I was like, this might not be the job for me because I'm a little too scary of certain things. And so since then, I was like, I think I always want to be a social worker. My dad was a mm. social worker. He went to school for social work. So I was probably in middle school when I was like, oh, I want to be a social worker. And so that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. Went to school in my church. I was like leading stuff, doing stuff, got back to the States and got into child welfare, ran an organization for sex trafficking survivors, oh. uh, would be on outreaches and strip clubs, doing all this amazing work. And I just love creating space for people. Mm. So when you create space for people, then you kind of figure out what they need and you can figure out if you can provide it or if you have the skills to advocate for that need for them. Right. So. Uh, the therapy stuff came later. That's a whole nother episode about changing your whole career at the age of 40, going back to school and trying to figure out your whole mm. life again. Oh, but I'm that's what you. I did I'm doing that right now at 40, 41. Yes. <laughs> yeah. At 40, I was like, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do yeah. therapy. And so that's how it happened. Wow. Amazing. Love Amazing. That. Well, what are some other, um, I'm curious of wh what's worked for you? What is something you recommend to clients? Yeah, I think the thing I'm telling all my clients right now is continue to practice all your coping skills mm. and continue to do all your self-care routines. Mm. Like for real, y'all, I don't know about you, but I have older, I have some kids, two boys, um, uh, 15 and 13. And so I don't have to wake up early to get them ready. And so mm. I want to sleep. I don't yes. want to wake up. I don't want to wake up early to pray. <laughs> I want to wake up to go walk. I don't want to do all that stuff. I want right. to sleep in. And they're old enough to make their own breakfast. Come on, y'all. Oh like, my I don't God. Even have I don't know what that's like. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> I don't have to see them legitimately until like 10, 15. You know, oh. if I want to stay in my mm. room. But, you know, when we do that, when we take a vacation from all these coping skills, um, we suffer. So we need to maintain mm. our healthy boundaries. We need to keep praying. We need to keep meditating. We need to keep doing those breathing exercises. We need to keep journaling. We need to keep asking for the support we need. 
we need to keep taking time for ourselves to disengage. And then we continue to need to like reach out to those people that make us laugh and bring joy to our life. You know, like we need to continue to show ourselves grace and forgive ourselves of the things that we've done in the past that were mistakes and that have caused harm. Like we need to continue to do that work and we need to attend um, to that sense of purpose that is in us Mm. and and really seek and ask the Lord, you know, what are you calling us? What are you calling me to in this season? And what are you calling me to let go of? Like we need to continue to do the work. And so hold on to your coping skills, hold on to those things that bring yourself and your soul wholeness and fullness uh, during the summer. Gosh, so oh, good. yes. How do you, so I read um, somewhere that you are a specialist in spiritual trauma. So I'm curious for those who might be in process with um, their faith journey or their church experiences and are feeling a, lo- a loss or a lack of community, because mm-hmm. of their faith experiences, mm. but still want to engage with God. But sometimes reading the Bible or connecting with God feels difficult because of their past experiences. Like what would yeah. you say to them? Yeah, the first thing I would say is show yourself all the grace. Like it is okay to feel like I'm not engaging with this worship music like I used to. And I go to a church setting and it doesn't feel the same or I'm triggered by all the things, I'm remembering all the things that happened. Um, and then secondly, I would say you need to, this is a new season, so you need to find new rhythms of restorations, new rhythms of trying to engage. And so I think we're taught kind of the basics, like you pray, you do your quiet time or your devotional, whatever you call it, you do this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And I think we need to be adventurous to like wander and try to mm-hmm. figure out what do I need? And I think sometimes we're afraid to wander because it's, it's scary to not have a direction, but I think you find Jesus in the wandering. So it's okay to be a, a little bit of a wanderer right now. Mm. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I'm struck by, kind of a the intersection of those last two answers that you just gave is it can f- almost feel indulgent or giving ourselves the extra space to skip those coping mechanisms. Cause we're like, no, it's the summer. I don't need all of these things. Like I normally do. Mm-hmm. Like we, I, I, I'm one to always trick myself and be like, no, this is okay. This is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in reality, I do need to continue to do what works. And I do, and even if it feels like work yeah. because it does work, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I do got to put that energy in and be like, Oh no, no, no. I'm going to get even just your perfect example of oh sleeping in and I, I don't need to do this, this and this. And then I'll just get in and start working. It's like, Oh no, I still need to do these things because even though they feel like work, they deeply, deeply nourish my soul right. yeah. and they are the proverbial oxygen mask. So then I can go serve everybody else around me. Right. Uh, and then when you think about just, I mean, I, I know so many who are in the space Ashley described of just wondering where I go from here. And I think summer, uh, you know, there's not a lot of programming in many churches during the summer. And so even feeling like, even if I wanted to get connected, not quite sure how, and do I even want to be in this place or space or faith community, or is this still what I want? Is this even Mm -hmm. still what I want? Mm -hmm. And so being able to go back to like, no, I can't assume the only way to encounter the divine is through the prescribed ways and the formulaic ways that gave me. There has to be more to it than this. There has to be ways to connect, whether it's through you know, breathing techniques or grounding methods or a walk or, you know, being in nature. I think 
Um, you don't got to be a theologian to, to, to get deeper walk or know or understand or grasp wisdom. I think that there's just such simple ways to connect with the Lord in a way that allows us to feel seen and known and belong yeah. Um, yeah. and still moving forward. I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm an Enneagram three type A type of gal. And I, I'm always asking myself subconsciously, like, are we still moving forward? Am I still Ooh. moving forward in my own life? Is my family moving forward? Are, are we moving forward at church? Are we moving forward in our careers? Are, are, we, are we moving forward? I'm, I'm terrified that we're not moving forward, that we might waste a day or two to the point that I'm convinced the the urgent is more valuable than the important rhythms. And I think so many of us can fall prey to that when we so badly want to see success or growth rather in areas of our lives that we're, we think that we got to do something else or that we've got to... You know what I mean? Like you've got, yeah. oh, no, no, no. If only I do this, then it's all going to work. But in reality, yeah. it's the simple, simple, simple rhythms that are actually the most nourishing. But because they're not flashy and they don't, they don't make a world of a difference in one day per se, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think sometimes I can, I can easily overlook the valuable, small, ordinary mm -hmm. moments. Yeah. And they haven't been affirmed as super important. Like there's a hierarchy, it feels like. So really the big way to engage God is you do these top three things. Right. But we need to reorient ourselves to what it looks like for us in this season, especially if you're going through one of healing from spiritual trauma to reorient what that looks like for you. And it might not be, that might be the last, those top three things, those top four things of going to church and doing this and being a part of this might be the last things on your list. And so some of the things you mentioned, Tiffany, might be the things that rise to the top. And we need to have that affirmation that it's okay it's okay that that is what you're going to engage in. Yeah. I love the comfort of that because I do think it's so important to, you know, cultivate a life that you like. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. It feels like so critical Gosh. to mental health, but we've been taught to chase all these things. My friend Chanel is writing this incredible book called um, Life Starts Now. And she talks about this, her opening chapter, she writes about the women that she's met through, she does have, she is a therapist like you, Keisha, and she, but mm -hmm. now she's doing life planning. Um, but one of the things she talks about is all these women who have achieved success, like they go build a business or they go the highest they can go in their company or they, you know, cultivate this life, they get married, they have all the kids, they do all the things. And then all of a sudden they realize I've never been more empty. I'm not sure this mm. is what I want. I don't like my life. And she mm. talks about the importance of what it looks like to cultivate a love for the ordinary so that you are, you know, doing what you talked about, Tiffany, where you're building this life where it's like, yeah, these things don't always feel good to me. I don't always feel like doing them, but this is what makes me like my life. And every yeah. day right. I have to yeah. get up and live the doggone thing. And every single night I got to put my head on the pillow and feel satisfied, mm -hmm. you know? Right. So, yeah. and I think we're all in these weird places right now on earth. Like earth is in a bad place. Like this is the bad place, you know, it's place. difficult. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we have, you know, personal challenges on top of the challenges we're facing in our nation or facing around the world or facing, you know, at our fingertips every single day. And I do yeah. think this, this thing about liking your life, like there's something to all these practices you've described today, Keisha, that lead us to that point where it's like, you know, mm. everything's not going to go well in my life. I cannot predict what's going to happen. I'm not going to like it all the time, but here's what I built in to enjoy it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. 
One of the first things you sent me, Keisha, um, as techniques of how to really, again, like survive the summer was do what you love. Please do all your favorite things, engage in all your hobbies, go to your favorite restaurant, your favorite yeah. beach, your favorite park, reread your favorite book, play your favorite games, uh, hang out with your favorite people, like yeah. find ways to increase joy and pleasure over the summer. And so you do that by doing the things that you love. Yeah. Mm. So beautiful. That, and such a good point, Ashley. We want to actually like our life. And I mm -hmm. think that yes. can almost feel, mm -hmm. you can almost feel guilty. I, I do. I, I Just from my own upbringing and my own issues, mm -hmm. that just feels like, ooh, that feels indulgent. And it mm -hmm. is not. It right. is not. It is Are not. you kidding me? No, we deserve to live in a life that we like. And even, and that assumes challenges, right? That does not negate sure. how hard the reality is. But it's still okay to hunt for the good and develop that life we like. Yeah. Well, any yeah. last thoughts, Keisha, for our listeners? Yeah, I would just say if you have a therapist, keep working with them through the summer, y'all. Like, even mm -hmm. if it's just a check-in, like, working with that therapist during the summer can be beneficial because they're going to offer you even more tools that will not only allow you to survive the summer, but really help you thrive. And that's what we mm -hmm. want. We want you to see you thriving as you go into the winter months. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, these are tips, but there's no quick fix to healing. Right. There's no quick, yeah. there's no quick fix to, you know, any of the mental health issues that you might be experiencing. So find a therapist that you love um, and, and press in. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have one, can you please tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, um, if you're in Florida, if you're in Florida, please come and find me. You can find me on KeishaPolonio.com or I'm at the um, Counseling and Wellness Boutique. Um, and I have a bunch of openings. I would love to see you. But if you're not in Florida, Psychology Today is a great place to, to look. Um, and if you're on there, ask for that 15-minute consultation. See if yeah. you vibe with that person. Um, and, you know, ask them all the questions that you have. Don't be afraid. And if you don't like them, keep it moving. Like, yeah. keep it moving. You don't, you, you do not owe them anything to stay. Yeah, so trust your gut. Trust your gut and what you're sensing um, as you're trying to navigate that space. I love that. Mm. Keisha, what a gift you are. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank, thank you. you. Thank it's you. been a joy. And why the listeners will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.